You're listening to Real You. This podcast is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs elevate to the peak of their physical, financial, and spiritual health. If you want more money, better health, more passion in your life, you've come to the right place. Hosted by Jared Briggs, executive wealth coach and mentor to those looking to step up to their best selves. Real You is your invitation to become who you've always known you could be. Here's your host, Jared Briggs. It is Real You. Welcome back to this week's episode, everybody. My name is Jared Briggs. This is the Real You podcast, and I'm excited to be back this week. You guys, I have something big for you. We're just going to jump right into it. Got something big for you that I'm excited about. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people out there, they do the interview process. Now, I want to share something with you. I hired a very good coach to get this podcast of mine going. Started December 2021. It was something that I really desired to do. And I'm grateful for that coach because they really pushed me to share my voice. So I've now crossed 100 episodes and every one of them has been by myself, sharing thoughts, experiences, lessons learned, my life, things that I've been working on. Now, I've always wanted to get to the point of having guests on my show, but my coach really advised me that the the real value of a show is like your voice, your lesson, like you started those things for a reason. So there's a reason why I haven't had anybody on the show, but I've really been entertaining that idea recently of having somebody on my show. I've been entertaining it for a good six months now, and it just never felt right until now. So I'm very excited to tell you that today is the day. And I have actually the producer of my show, Mr. Bryce Prescott on here, and we are going to have a conversation about some topics that I, I share a lot. But first, I want to get in, introduce Bryce, and welcome you to the show. Bryce, thanks for being on. Dude, this is so cool. You saying it was <clears throat> December 2021, it's really been that long? It's been that long, man. That's so crazy. I remember it like it was yesterday. I like know. You have been one of my favorite clients, and your pliability and willingness just to be coached. And it's cool to watch what real you has become. I love it. Yeah. Congratulations on Th that. Thank you. I actually had a guy the other day ask me, how long you've been doing your show? And it was like a really cool thing to say, like, dude, I just crossed a hundred episodes, started December, 2021. Like, it, like you said, it feels like yesterday, you know, yeah. but like that time's gone through. You know, one of the next coolest part, Bryce, is uh, when I first met with you, like I was freaking scared, right? Yeah. Like didn't know what to do. Well, uh, one of my friends just shared, he's like, dude, most podcast episodes only or shows only go to seven episodes and then they quit. And there's been a lot of things in my life that I've started and haven't continued or quit or, you know, but this is one of those things where it's just like, I'm so glad I made that investment because it's been one of the biggest things that's caused me to grow over these last years. Let me, let me blow your mind with something. That statistic is actually false. Oh, really? The actual statistic is the average number of episodes is seven. Yeah, yeah. So if you consider that you're at 100, for that average to work, and you have all these other shows that have 10, 20, hundreds of episodes, that's on the whole, I mean, it's math, right? What's yeah. the average? You add it all up and you divide it by the number of shows. To have an average of 70, that means there are people that released one episode, two episodes, no way. and failed, or just didn't, didn't do it. It's a podcasting itself is an interesting thing in that it doesn't look, it looks way stronger and more saturated than it actually is. There's like two and a half million podcasts on Apple podcasts and it's very, very top heavy. There's only like 80,000 popular shows. 
So what are all those other ones on there, dude? Just taking up space? Yeah. Exactly. Totally so, taking up space. Um, it's seven. Yeah. It's, why would people go through that investment, that time, that everything just to quit? It's seven. Dude. Well, and I think so many people just start one on their own. You know, they're going to save money and do it themselves. And then it just doesn't turn into anything. But yeah, yeah. like when I crossed 100 episodes the other day, you know, a couple weeks ago, I mean, it, I was like, damn. This is, this is cool. This is fun. Yeah. How many times have I asked you how many, my, what my numbers are at of listeners? Never. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I have so many people ask me all the time. They're like, how many listeners you get? I'm like, I don't, I don't even know. It might be 10, might be 20, might be 30. I'm like, I don't really care. My focus is what am I doing to grow to, to build that value? Cause the listeners will happen when the value is added. That, yep. That's my perspective yep. of it is like, if I'm really giving good value and helping people, the listeners are going to happen. And so I've just based it off of like, did that, did that episode feel good? Did I share truth? And when I feel good about that, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to continue to put it out there. This is something that I love doing and it's just, just continued on. So it's been fun. Yeah. Congrats on all that, man. It's such a crazy ride. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you are a lot more articulate. You are a lot more like focused in your message. Like you can tell the growth when you listen to what you're doing now from when you yeah. started. Additionally, I'll say this, uh, approaching it the way that you have is the way to do it because there are going to be people that find your podcast at episode 120 oh, yeah. or that found it at episode 60. And when you're consistently creating value and you're not getting caught up in the metrics, the vanity metrics, of what your show's success is, and you're looking at how it's translating to business and growth for you, you win because that means the value offer is always strong. You're not devaluing your message or mailing it in just because nobody's listening or there's not as many as you'd hoped. And yeah. you're just showing up like, there's a million people listening to this episode. I got to have my A game. Yeah. That's just, what you've done. just show up. Well, I mean, there's so many big podcasts. They didn't have followers until they were hundreds or thousands, or, you right. know, but they love to do it. So they kept doing it and it turned into something. And that's, yeah, I Dude, love, the early I love episodes to do of it. Joe Rogan are hilarious because oh. they're just so shitty. Yeah. They're just him with some dude on Ustream and he's got <laughs> his hat backwards and it's this grainy basement video. And yeah, look at him now. Yeah. Love to do it. That's, that's been the big thing is I enjoy doing it. Every time I hit that freaking record button, I'm like, here we go, man. What, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love it, dude. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. It's been a, a huge growth process and you pushed me big time. Like I was scared to write that check. I was scared to jump into it. And you were just like, what do you want, man? Like, and I was like, well, I want, and you're like, well, let's go. You know, and, and I remember this was a huge lesson. A huge, huge lesson is I was, I was like super scared to write that check. And when you like presented the offer to me, I was like, yeah, you know, let me think about it. And you're like, well, what's there to think about? That was one of the biggest defining moments in my life. And I use that. I've, I've used it with family and friends and stuff. You know, I, all of us sit here and like, what's there to think about? And you pretty much were just like, dude, give me an answer by the end of the day. It's either a yes or a no. Like there's nothing to think about. Yeah. And you already know. Yeah. I went home that night and I told my wife, I was like, I know this sounds freaking crazy, but I'm going to do it. And we were getting ready to build a house and writing that check. You know, my wife's like, I thought we were going to build a house. I'm like, yeah, I guess, we are. I guess we'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> and uh, that was so defining of, of like, what's there to think about? You know, this is what you want. It's in alignment. You've desired this. You've tried it yourself. Nothing happened. So let's, let's go. And man, I remember when you said that, like, what's there to think about? It really changed everything for me. So there's a lot of things I do in my life now where I'm like, ah, you know, should I do this? Ah, let me think about it. And I'm like, hell's there to think about? It's either 
right or it's wrong. Yeah. And stop. It's either a hell yes or it's a no. Yeah. And stop, stop in the middle. So I appreciate that big time. I got you, bro. That's uh, so tell us, tell us about yourself. There's a, I've shared a lot on social media about you. I share your posts and stuff, but just give the listeners, maybe they've never heard about you. Like who's Bryce Prescott? Sure. Well, that's a very, I'm going to take the business aspect of things because yeah. I think that that's most appropriate based yeah. off of what we're, our conversation is going to be. So as you said, my name is Bryce Prescott. I'm the founder of Media Automated, which is a full service podcasting production and consulting agency. We specialize in helping entrepreneurs start and maintain their show without losing their bandwidth. So part of that includes making sure that we're creating a show that is specifically designed for who the ideal listener and client is for that host and business and then taking it off their plate so they don't have to handle anything. So all that you have to do is sit behind the microphone, record your message, do your thing, and then we handle everything else. Uh, we, we've done rebrands for podcasts. We've started new ones. We've done just strict production clients where people just want us to take over their episodes. We've expanded out. My company used to be called Audio Automated, and now it's Media Automated because we brought on video. It's undeniable the effectiveness that powerful content with video, especially short-form content like Reels and TikToks has, to help grow brands, help get businesses, and even to promote podcasts. And so we brought that on and we're doing social media management now and, and we're basically expanded it out. I, I've really enjoyed the clients where I've been able to be an executive producer of their show and their social media presence. And so that's been where we've kind of evolved too in that if there's an aspect of online success that leads to business in the real world for you, we help manage it. But Sweet. our main product still is podcasts. Like we're just, I have, I don't know uh, why God has blessed me with this gift, but I just can see right through to help my clients create the shows that are perfect for who needs to hear them. And that's biggest plug I could give here is I had a huge idea of what I wanted to do. Right. And so when we'd meet and I'd be like, this and this and that. You're like, dude, you're trying to help every person in the world. Like, yeah. you can't. Like, you're going to help 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. We narrowed it down. Yeah. And like, that's the that's the people you need to talk to. So I 100% agree with you. Like, that conversation coaching that you took me through, pretty much just like, okay, what is it you want to do? What is the problems you're wanting to solve? And helping me narrow those things down and find understanding with me. Because... When we first started, I had no kind of clue what type of podcast, the name, who I'd be talking. Like, yeah, I, was, I knew I wanted to do something, but it was freaking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was way too much. Well, it was cool too because as we as we went through that process and you got aligned with who your what your show was going to be, mm -hmm. your confidence automatically oh, rose yeah. because you felt in alignment and congruent with uh, with what was your heart was telling you. It was yeah. no longer this sort of like, well, I think I don't like. You were very very clear. Yeah. I want to help become. I want to help people become the best, the real versions of themselves, and and uh, you know the age bracket of what you wanted to do, and the demographic, and the income level, and everything. Like you figured it out, and we I figured it out. I think that's why I'm so excited to hit record. It's yeah. because I had that coaching. I I honestly like every time I'll be like, man, what should I talk about this week? I'll go back to our conversations in my mind. Yeah, those Zoom meetings, those conversations, the the coaching you took me through and I'm like, oh yeah, this was my ideal client. This is the problems I'm trying to solve. These are the experiences I've had through it. Yeah. I'm going to share those. Like that's helped me through the whole thing. The, the next thing I want to give a plug for you is uh, the service you offer where you, I remember one of the big things you told me is 
like you focus on your craft, I'll do everything else. And yeah. so I've, I've shared it with so many people where they're like, well, how does it work? I'm like, I hit record, I hit unrecord, I save it, I upload it, I'm done. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, they, they pull it, they edit it, they put my introduction, the ending on it, they publish it. I'm like, I don't even- they write the copy. We yeah, they're stuff. like, well, how many places is it, is it published on? I'm like, freaking platforms I've never even heard of. All of them. Yeah, Every all directory, of them. yeah. Yeah, like when you told when you shared the list of them, I'm like, I've never even heard of all those. Cool, I've got a show on those because there's listeners there too, you know? So I, th I think that's <laughs> that's one of the best I things. I love it, dude. I freaking hate the technology and the figuring out and the editing and all that stuff. So that was one of the biggest things I enjoyed was like, I can focus on my craft, like what I wanted to be good at and boom, you guys do the rest. So super, super big service. Love so it. Cool, man. Way cool. Thanks so, for the plug and the testimonial right oh, here on man. your podcast. Yeah, dude, I love it. Like I've, I mean, I've sent you quite a few referrals now just yeah. because of the value add, right? I so appreciate every one I, of them. I appreciate it. Well, Bryce, I talk a lot about money. And the reason why I talk a lot about money is because of the experiences growing up and why you were one of the first people that came to my mind to have on my show. One, you you were my coach, really valued that to the conversations that we've had and three, because of what you've done. And so when I thought, I'm like, okay, you know, I think it's time. Cause you told me I could start doing interviews at episode 50. Well, I doubled that. Yeah. And so when I started thinking of conversations I want to have, I instantly went back to the multiple mindset, finance, money, wealth, abundance conversations you and I had. Yeah. There was a lot of defining moments in my life, understanding things. And so I want to talk about those things. So I, I want to have a conversation around money, around finance, around abundance, around scarcity, around all of these things that we deal with. And, and here's why. Because growing up, very few of us are taught money. It's something we deal with every day, but in school and in all these things, there's very little education about money. Yeah. Yet it's something we deal with every single day. Like I literally, to come do this podcast, I transacted money. I bought fuel and food and you know, like it's an everyday thing, but our societies become in a way where we don't talk about it. It's like a conversation that doesn't happen because for some reason it's like secret. It's a secret how much you make or this experiences you've had and shame on you if you talk about those things or you desire to create wealth. And so the, the reason why I want to have this conversation and it's just a full conversation. Like I just, I want you to plug in where you think is important. I, I want to plug in where I think is important because we've had some very... Um, intense conversations that changed me. And I want to lead it with this. When I wrote that check to hire you to help me start this podcast and produce this podcast, I went into complete scarcity. I like literally stopped spending money. I wouldn't go out to eat. I wouldn't anything. And I remember it was a couple weeks after that you and I were doing our calls and you're like, man, how's things going? And I'm like, honestly, dude, I'm I'm freaking struggling. Like I almost had that regret in the back of my mind of like, shit, what did I just do? You know, I just wrote this check. Now it's like, oh crap, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I shared those things with you and you were like, whoa, man, hold up a minute. And you shared some things with me that were influential. Do you remember them? Um, I don't. Okay. I remember when I shared that, you shared with me, you're like, wait a minute, dude. You can either be abundant or you can be in scarcity and you can't entertain those ideas at the same time. 
you can either be one or the other. And so you, you invited me, like you didn't even challenge me. You weren't like, dude, you have to do this. Like this is a challenge. You know, you invited me. You're like, I want you to change your mindset from the scarcity of, oh, that money's not in my account anymore to the abundance of what can this turn into? I just did something for myself that's very valuable, that is taking me in a direction in an area that I want, I, that you want to go to. Cause I even said, I'm like, I'll sell my dirt bike to pay for this. And you're like, no dude, like we're not, we're not retracting at all. We're going to expand. And because of this investment into yourself and because of everything you're taking a step forward towards, allow the universe, the energy, the everything to bring to you the things that you want. And I remember I was like, dang, I've never, I've never, ever, ever thought of money in that perspective. And so I went out right after that call, I went to a store and I'd been, it was like in the winter months and I'd been wanting another, uh, I really like quarter zip sweaters. And I've been like, I've been wanting one. I'm going to go buy one. I literally, I freaking closed my iPad. I went right to the, the very closest store I could think of. And I went and bought a quarter zip for myself in a, in a, like a rewarding abundance mindset feeling because yeah. of that conversation. And from there, I the scarcity was gone. It, I didn't ha all of a sudden have more money in my bank account. Well, it wasn't like you were broke either. Yeah, like, it wasn't. It was I, a no. mindset shift. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that that's the biggest thing that like I want people to understand is I've been in scarcity with lots of money in my bank account and I've been in scarcity with no money in my bank account, very little money in my bank account. There's no difference. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like there's new levels, new devils, but the devils are the same. When you're really struggling financially, it's very easy to feel like the sky is falling. And if I invest in myself, it's hard to look at it as an investment. We look at it as a cost. Yeah. And that, that money's just gone. And not that we planted a seed that's going to bring more value and more abundance and specifically more money back into our world. That's one of the major conversations that I have with clients that want to get into podcasting that know that podcasting itself will build their brand and their offers differently to bring them money back. It's not a cost. It's an, it's an investment. But more importantly, I think that just that sort of the scarcity comes from a place of unworthiness. It's uh, when you don't feel like money will find its way to you for whatever reason, because you've mismanaged it or you've uh, not been honest with yourself in your relationship with money. When you look at money from a scarce place and you think there's only a finite amount of it and you know, you, you don't know where your next deal is coming from. It can mess with your mind and put you in that place of contraction, like energetic contraction. It's an absolute truth. As you said, you cannot live in abundance and scarcity at the same time, just like you cannot live in gratitude and anger at the same time. You're either one or the other. And so I've noticed for myself, even with my incredible experiences and the results that I've achieved and the things that are noteworthy that have been a part of my growth, there still is a temptation there to kind of go scarce. But thankfully, it's usually a shorter loop. It's like I can have that thought, I can get in that energy, be like, Ugh, but then it's like, oh, wait. And then I look around and I realize, you know, the, the interesting thing about our bank accounts that we overlook is that our bank accounts are nothing more than a representation of value we've already created. So what are you going to do to create more value today? You want more money, create more value. 
It's not about hoarding or holding on to your money. There's a reason why it's called currency. It's because it has to exchange. It has to come in and and flow out back and forth. And the more you do to keep that path slick and easy where there's not blockages in that path, the more easy that money will find its way to you. I've adopted little exercises as a manifestation of this. Like for example, um, you know, one of the things that's important to me, I'll I'll share this. I have, um, you know, I have a team of individuals that work with me in my company and uh, I I pay each of them uh, weekly. I pay them on Fridays. And I've heard and noticed from other people that offer similar services that, that I need, like videographers and copywriters and, you know, audio editors and things, that they've had experiences with not being paid on time or, you know, somebody they used to work for, they had to chase them for money. I've adopted this commitment that I, I never, ever, ever want anybody that works with me to have um, financial uh, uh, insecurity. Like if I say I'm going to pay you, I'm going to pay you. Yeah. And it's like, so like clockwork every Friday morning, I, I, I literally do this. I sit there and I get myself in a calm moment where I feel peace and gratitude and I pay my bills and I pay my clients and pay, or pay my employees. And I sit and I get thankfulness of the work that they had did, had done for me that allowed me in that moment. And sometimes, you know, cause there's an ebb and a flow, you know, owning a business, you don't always have your coffers totally full. You know, I've invested a lot into this business and sometimes it's gotten to where there's, it's a, been an easy sort of temptation to get into scarcity, but sitting in that moment of thankfulness and paying from that space of, of gratitude, it, it makes it easier as well as I notice that it makes it easier for money to come back to me. There's so much internal mindset training that we can do relative to our relationship with money. It really is one of the craziest sort of magical things. Most people look at money as this finite thing. Money is nothing but an idea. It's a feeling. It's, and it has a very real application to our lives, of course. Like we need money to live. We have to pay for a place to live and, and to eat and et cetera. But when you get into the more sort of metaphysical aspects of what money provides, it really is just an energy. And so when you can manipulate your own feelings and your own, dare I say, your vibration, and you can align it with abundance, money just finds its way to you. I have in the past asked you know, clients and, and, uh, given speeches about this where I say like, so if, if, if you're, if you had a, if money was your girlfriend, like you were in a legitimate like relationship with money, would your girlfriend stick around if you treated her the way that you treat your money? If you didn't think that she was enough and that there's never enough of her around and that every time, uh, you know, there was something that, was between the two of you that was good. You always minimized it or act like you weren't going to get the same thing. She shows up for you in a really cool way and you think it's never going to happen again. Like she'd bail, dude. She'd be out because you're mismanaging and mistreating her. We do that with money all the time. We act like our money is something that just should be with us cuz and we don't have gratitude for it. And we look at it as like money is a tool, clearly, but it's a tool that we can choose to use and, and multiply by having uh, the right mindset. You know, if, you, if you'll indulge me, I guess, that's one of the reasons why I started my new podcast that's called Media Automated is that I wanted to address both from a business standpoint, the mindset aspect of things, how we look at things. And then once we have our heads screwed on straight, then there's practical things that we need to do to be better at business. 
that same conversation is absolutely true about money. We can sit here and talk until we're blue in the face about the mindset of money and being in abundance and everything, but that doesn't mean that you know how to trade stock or that you know how to qualify a real estate purchase in a way that you know you're getting a good deal or not. There's definitely education that's required by people to learn what I would call the outer world principles of money and finance. Learn about it, learn how to invest, learn how to make it grow, become its friend, have money be your friend and look for ways to use it that make it grow. Think about that from a standpoint, again, of a relationship. If, if you look at money like it's your friend and you're trying to put your friend in positions where he gets to be better and gets to be more of himself and gets to really expand and be cooler, that's a good friend. Well, your money will reward you the same thing, but you have to learn how to do it. It's not just a mindset thing. It's an application thing. But you can't have one without the other. You can't have a crappy mindset about money and be great at stocks or real estate. Your real estate deals will fall apart because your, your mindset sucks. But when you And you can't get into good real estate deals if you don't have a wherewithal to understand how to evaluate them. So your mindset has to be, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting sort of tango there, a little two-step there. It's both. Yeah. And I would say that's where the value comes in. You know, <clears throat> I think of people that win the lottery all the time, right? Like they lucky bastards. Yeah, totally lucky, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's my offices in Wyoming, and everybody's like, "You buy lottery tickets all the time?" I'm like, "No, I've never even bought one." <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I've heard a lot of people call it the like money thermostat, right? Yeah. So let's say that person was normally making fifty thousand a year. Well, that's where their knowledge, their value, their information, like they're used to fifty thousand a year, and everybody th looks at this to where oh, they go bankrupt and lose all that within years. Yeah, that's the that's the visual perspective of it, but it's actually like the the mental, the the mindset, the management, the the growth of it, right? You know, I've noticed big time with people, people that are really good with money, you know, whether investing it, whether managing it, whether doing deals, whether loaning it out, whatever form or fashion they create value for money, even before they had money, they were still good at those things. They were, they, and they were learning those things. I heard uh, Ed Milet say on a podcast, he's like, I'm getting paid today for things that I did in the past. Yeah. You know, and it was that, that growth, that mindset, that change, that abundance, the knowledge, the information, all of those, that work and change that he put in back then is now compounding into the present, right? Um, you said something earlier that I want to touch on again. When I was in that scarcity, you invited me to also, every time you pay something, you're like physically write down, I'm grateful that I have the means to pay my credit card in full. I'm grateful that I can pay my gas bill in full. I'm grateful I can pay my rent. I'm, and I literally do that still today. It makes a difference. It, it makes a total difference. And there's um, another person that talked about, you know, we get frustrated with our gas bill or electric bill, whatever it may be. Right. And, and this mindset change of well, what about the billions and trillions of dollars that went in to that infrastructure, that company, the employees, the everything to provide those services. Like if my you know, natural gas bill is $125, there's no way I could provide that service for myself. You know, you can't even buy very much propane for that, let alone right. set up the infrastructure to be able to do it. Right. And having that gratitude, you know, you touched on many times that everything's energy. And that gratitude towards those things, and that that's a, that's a value. Gratitude is a value. I look at that as a as a value. 
you know, every time I show gratitude towards something else, it's going to come back in another way. One thing right? that I've, I've had come back, I've had conversations right like this, and there's been naysayers that have said, that's, that's bull crap, dude. Like it's, that's nonsense. And my retort is, okay, let's say you're right. Let's say that all this is just some woo woo fairy crap <laughs> and it doesn't matter. It still feels better to be in a place of thankfulness when you use your money. It still feels better to not be attached to what that has to look like. And you get to let those handcuffs off and go about your day in a happier place, not being owned by your money. It's just a better way of thinking. So on the one side, which is where I am, I believe it's real. I believe there's an energetic response and reaction when I show up that way in gratitude for my money, as well as when I invest in myself and when I put myself in a position where I treat my money as I would a, a cherished relationship. I believe that's true. But even if it's not, it's nonsense and you can't wrap your head around it, just try it because it makes your life better anyway. When you're living in a space of gratitude, your health is better, your anxieties goes away, you live in a place where you just your body works better, like there's so much tension that gets released. So yeah, maybe it is a bunch of nonsense, but I don't care. I don't believe it is. I, I have confirmation bias that it works because it works for me. But just try it if you don't just sit in a place with a great gratefulness about your money and watch how that, it's like in one of my favorite books, um, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. He kind of, in the beginning of it, he talks about like, hey, this book isn't for like meddlers. Like if you, you're trying to, you know, prove the physics of this, like this is the wrong book. We, we want people that want to get rich. So just do what we say in this book and then watch it happen. And that's kind of my mentality about this. Like you want to talk smack about metaphysical aspects of money. Great. Just shut up and try it though and watch it change your opinion because <laughs> yeah. it will do that. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, you got to pay the bills anyway, right? Right. <laughs> like if you if you don't pay your car payment, it's only a month or two before yeah, you got repo dog, the com bounty coming. Yeah, out, exactly. So, would you rather be in a in a spate of gratitude and gratefulness, or scarcity, frustration? Gosh, damn it, I got to pay this again. Right. You know, no matter well, don't, what. Don't get me wrong. No dude, matter it's what, not it's like it, be done. It's not like we're always perfect in this. If you want to be a grump about your money, I'm sure opportunities will show up again for you to be a grump about your money. Oh yeah. And it's a constant challenge. So my wife and I just recently moved into our house we built and the payment was shocking, right? Yeah. I mean, we knew it was coming, but then when it hit, it was like, damn, you know? Yeah. And I went back to our conversations. I'm like, hey, I can either be, can be in the abundance mindset and I can, I can focus that energy towards, oh crap, how do I minimize expenses? Or I can focus that energy towards, okay, this is what we wanted. We got to make the payment. So let's expand and grow. Let's, let's expend that energy to create more. And, you know, every time I make those payments, I'm like, okay, hey, I can either be frustrated about this. I can show gratitude and I can focus that energy towards creating and making more because yeah. there's no lack. There's no lack of money, opportunity, anything. I mean, America's literally begging for more businesses to start because we need it. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's no, there's lack. always opportunity. Yeah. It just, you have to be willing to seize it. Yeah. And a lot of times that, takes an investment in yourself and an investment in, you know, your own confidence in your own mind and in your own business. Like there's, I think we're starting to get this game down. Like you basically are going to have to invest in yourself over and over and over again. And that's the best investment to make is in yourself because then you have a heightened, smarter, more fluid, more agile person to be able to handle the ins and outs of life, whether it be in business or relationship or health or whatever. 
And of course, money is a part of that. You want to be agile with your money. You want to have a great mindset, obviously, but then you have the skills and skill sets to make sure that you can deploy it and be, be wise with it. Do the right things. Yeah. Yeah. I got another topic that I want to talk about that's from conversations you and I have had, you didn't come from money. I mean, nope. you, you had, you know, a good childhood, it sounds like, and was taken care of, but it wasn't like you guys were rolling in it. And there was a lot of stress and worry and all yep. that. You, you talked about right there. You just said like investing into yourself. What did you do? And, and if you want to share some stories from your childhood, you know, wherever you want to take it, whatever you think is important, but you've shared a lot of things with me in conversations of experiences you've had, you know, whether it was with your parents or, you know, you early adult, you and your spouse, you know, whatever the, the situations may be, but you've constantly continued to invest into yourself. And in doing that, it's elevated and created more of what you wanted. Yeah. I think I'll, st I'll state this. Part of that reason is, and I don't know where this came from, but I've always had inside of me a curiosity to be wrong. I have a real hard time with people that are just, they're right no matter what. There's no uh, issue, there's no opportunity for them to be wrong. They've already decided it's a very binary thing. I'm right, you're wrong. And they have a, and even when it's like, well, this is how it is or this is what it is, I'm like, well, there's still, it came from somewhere. Like, what? I'm curious about things like that. And it, it's, it's been, you know, money has been, I'll be honest, one of the biggest struggles of my life over time because I remember this one uh, experience I had as a child. So, and I'll, I'll preface by saying is I love my mom and dad. They're, um, they're my mom and dad. So of course there's a love and a concern there and I want the best for them. Um, but they're, they're kind of fucked up in a lot of ways when it comes to the way that they've handled money and the way they've handled relationship and themselves and things. And, and uh, it's taken a lot out of me over the years to try to overcome some of the things that happened in my childhood. And a lot of it did have to do with money because my dad was was not stable in his employment throughout the time that I was a child. I went to four different schools from fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. And I was able to, because I, I kind of spoke up and my mom spoke up as well, like we decided it was a requirement for me to go to the same high school. So I stayed four years at the high school and then I moved out immediately. I was over that instability. And being that that was the case, we didn't really have a lot of abundance. You know, it's like we were taken care of and everything and I worked and I had a job, but I remember there was a pair of basketball shoes, the Charles Barkley Force 180s. This was in 1992. And I had a really uh, close uh, friendship with a person who was my seminary teacher because back in that day, I was a little Mormon kid that never did anything wrong, you know. And... <laughs> I was telling her that I wanted these shoes and she's like, well, do you think your parents could buy them for you? And I'm like, I don't think they would. And she goes, well, what about if you did this? If you, cause you have a job, like what if you were to, cause that my parents spent money on my school clothes, you know, and there was, they, they would pay for certain things for me. It just wasn't, those were expensive shoes. And the idea that I would get those, I had already decided that my parents wouldn't be willing to buy me those shoes as a part of that. So I'm like, she says to me, what if you were to, you know, offer half, say, Hey, look, I'm willing to pay half of these Will you pay the other half? You're spending money on my shoes anyway. This is about what you would normally pay for a pair of shoes. Can that work? So I went to my father and I, I presented that as an option. And my dad got really snippy and angry with me. He was like, no, those are too expensive. Nobody needs to have shoes that are that expensive. That's the stupidest use of your money. I won't do it. 
So in my mind, I'm seeing that he's unwilling to spend the money he was going to spend on me anyway if I made the difference for something I really wanted because he had decided that that wasn't worth it. Well, I've done some therapy and that moment, that story was a pivotal point in my life because it turned me into somebody that developed an ostentatious flair for money. It means I, 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 again, I had to work this out in therapy. I always wanted to have the biggest house and the fanciest car and the nicest watch and the clothes and the trips. And I, I wanted to have that sort of appearance of luxury and lifestyle in a subconscious way to give my parents the bird for telling me that they, I, that something was too expensive or that I shouldn't have something because they had said so. Well, that had caused a lot of problems in my life because what it meant is that my relationship was money. That was elevated over me being wise with my money. So there was just stupid decisions that I was making relative to the things that I was getting into. Well, when I kind of figured that out and I was able to look at it differently, I realized, oh, it's okay for me. Because I thought that in order to heal from that moment to move on, I could not have the nice car anymore and I couldn't have the house and things. And I realized that that wasn't the case at all. What it was is that it was how I approached it and the purpose behind it and looking at it like I'm worth this as opposed to I'm going to show you. So that really helped me kind of shift that. Um, and there's been cycles of that in my life, like where I've had, I've had it all and then I lost it and then I've had it all again and I lost it. And thankfully, though, as I've gotten older and wiser, the periods of time between the lulls haven't been as drastic and there hasn't been, you know, I'm, I, you know, knock on wood, I don't think I'm ever going to lose it all again. I think I figured out the game with that to hedge and to be wise with what I'm doing. But at the same time, like I still have made decisions that might be considered foolish with money. And I still put myself in positions where I had to kind of figure it out. But I have a different set of skills and tools now to handle it. All of that came from a place in my childhood where like I had to figure that out. So I like one of the things that I do different now is my, for example, my daughter, I have a 13 year old daughter. I've been very open with her about money, about having it be that she understands like she knows how much money I make. She knows how much things cost. I, I don't want there to ever be any mystique in her mind about money that like she isn't, okay, it's not okay for her to know this stuff because I want her to have already at a young age an establishment of that it's okay for her to have her own money and that there's not any anything associated with that that she should ever feel shame about or that she needs to hide or that we can't talk about. I think that, you know, growing up religious the way that I did, the idea of wealth and abundance was something that was kind of frowned upon. It was like, you're supposed to live this Christ-like life and you're supposed to play small. And, you know, even though the church that I was a part of had these multi-million dollar temples and had like uh, very, very wealthy, prominent members of the church that had private jets that were doing all this good around the world and everything, but that wasn't my life. I was going to be one of the paupers that, you know, Jesus gave one of his fish to on the sermon, you know? And... I completely reject wholeheartedly that now. And I don't want my children infected. And I use that word deliberately infected with a negative mindset about money. It's hard to overcome a crappy programmed mind about money. Very few are able to get out of it. I'm thankful that I've been able to get out of it because I recognize that even, even to this day, my parents still have a horrible, they're broke. They are so broke. They're in their seventies no money. They've never figured it out. They've played the victim. Money comes from other people, not from their own value. I mean, all these just little things. And I look at that and I go, how did I get out of that? This is, I'm so blessed that I was able to. 
And so for anybody that's listening to this, I want you to know you have full autonomy and full control over how you handle your relationship with money. There's nobody here that is forcing you to hold on to bad thoughts about money or that are forcing you to continually make decisions with your money that don't serve you. You can absolutely change that. You just have to be willing to know, first of all, what it is that's causing you to make those decisions. Like I shared that experience with, you know, my dad and the shoes. I didn't know that was an experience until I had gone through some legitimate like rehab, like mindset rehab through therapy and through coaching to be like, oh, that makes sense now. And when it made sense, I felt the tension of it release in my heart and mind. It's like, okay, so I don't have to do that anymore. I can have the nice stuff because I'm worth it. Not because I need to show anybody that I can do it. There's, there was no forcedness. It's just because I like it. And so what that's even done nowadays is like there's been decisions where I, I could have bought something nicer or bigger or better, but I didn't because it wasn't the right move. And I was totally fine with it. You went exactly where I wanted you to go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm good at that. Yeah, you're way good at that. And that's why, that's why I wanted to have this conversation is because of those stories. And the big thing that I want to point out here is you went into them. We're so taught in society today to run from the darkness, right? Yeah. And I've learned for myself in, I'm, I'm in this process of going through those things right now, understanding my relationship with money. And I, I mean, I'm working on it so much, understanding those things, but I used to run from the darkness. I used to run from the stories of things that my parents said, things that teachers said, things that people in the community said, whatever conversations that came up that I internalized and I made true for myself, not that they were true, not that they're right or wrong. It's just that I held on to those things. And when you face that darkness, when you go into there and ask the questions, well, why do I feel this about money? Why do I believe this about money? Why do I have a where scarcity? Did it come from, yeah. Where did it come from? Understanding where it came from. And then you can change that. Yeah. You know, you, One of the things I... Part of, well, so part of the changing is obviously asking yourself better questions and then more importantly, being willing to answer those questions for yourself with curiosity mm-hmm. instead of judgment. Because oftentimes we judge ourselves. Oh, I made the dumb decision. Like we get in this mindset of like, where we're just looking to punish ourselves. When you can be in a place of curiosity about why you did certain things or why you didn't do certain things or what you're trying to learn about yourself, it helps. But the actual like transformation out of having a unsupportive mindset about money into having an abundance-based mindset, a growth-based mindset about money, is really just utilizing certain tools that allow you to make shifts in the moment when you start to feel yourself settling in to some idea that doesn't serve you. Here's an example of one that I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast to do. When you start to feel like you're broke or that you don't have any money coming in or that there's a lot of scarcity associated with you and your relationship with money, I want you to sit wherever you're at. You don't have to sit, stand, whatever. Wherever you're at, and I want you to consider within a one-mile radius of your physical location, even when you live out in the sticks like you do, Jared, (laughs) a one-mile radius within your physical location, how much money is near you? I know right now with where we're at in my office in South Jordan recording this episode, there are billions and billions of dollars just within the grasp of individuals within one-mile radius of my office here. Let alone the money being transacted through the air. No kidding. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we're just talking, so, so that means, that, okay, so that means that there's no scarcity with money. None. You're just putting yourself in this pillar where you're not allowing yourself to see how much money is around you. 
So then take it to the next step. Okay, so if that means it's all around me, then what value can I add to make that money want to come to me? Because people misunderstand when they get into ideas of, you know, the law of attraction and how to create and to manifest and all this stuff. <clears throat> you have to give money a net. You've got to let money find you. Money will find value if you make it easy for that money to find value. I've had uh, conversations, as an example, with very good coaches that don't even have a Stripe account set up to do credit card swipes so their clients can pay them. They're getting paid by Venmo or Apple Pay or Cash App. And it's like, why aren't you making it as easy as possible for money to be used in its way towards you for your clients? Why would you want to restrict? And dude, when people pay me, I'll take it in Bitcoin, bro. Like I, you have something that's financially at the value that I require for the exchange of value to work with me. Dude, bring it on. That net is wide because I want zero opportunities to be restricted from finding their way to me because I didn't make it easy for money to come to me. So, so you'd let me bring the amount of beef it takes to fulfill your possibly your that's a lot of beef. <laughs> yeah. I have no place to hold those cows, bro. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. I've never looked at it that from that perspective. That's that's a new conversation or perspective. Like how how wide is your net? You know? Yeah. And from that perspective, like getting really good at managing being a good steward of your money. But then at the same time, now you take your energy and effort and open that net up. What can I do to add a, a foot to that net? What can I do to add two feet to that net? That is a, yeah, that's fascinating. Well, like I said, money will find, money f follows value. That's a, that's a tried and true principle. And there's yeah. so much evidence that, that that's true, but it has, in order to, for money to follow value, it has to be able to be followable. <laughs> you got to have it be like inviting. Like there's like, Hey, come on in. Which, which way works for you, man? Like the more opportunities for you to make money and to get paid and to receive financial compensation, the easier it will be. Yeah. I've legit had people not be able to pay and then be, and then I jokingly say like, yeah, I take Bitcoin too. And they go, oh, you do? And they'd pay me in crypto. You're like, why not? Why not? Why not, dude? Yeah. Like that, those few times, like it was great because I got it on a swell up. So I was able to cash out of it and when yeah, it was yeah. growing. But like that guy that paid for one pizza, two pizzas with 10,000 Bitcoin. No, dude, that's most, that's like joke, the most expensive pizza oh, of all yeah. time. Yeah. It turned into... Wasn't it like a hundred million? Well, or something? Bitcoin like right crazy. now, I, at the time of this, I want to say it's at like you know, let's say thirty thousand bucks of Bitcoin. So yeah. ten thousand times thirty thousand—that's it's a good chunk. That's a painful math <laughs> equation to do. You're like, oh, dude. But, but the guy said he's like, at the time, it was worth like a freaking penny. So like, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, and we have to we have to get in that there's, sort of revisionist history too, because we would have done the same thing. Oh yeah, it's, it's all perspective and yeah. woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? Of course, yeah, of so. course. God, that is, that is like exactly where I wanted to go to is just that mindset, the, the viewpoint, the, the vision of all of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, you hit on exactly everything. You know, I wanted to talk about relationship with money. Like you, you're constantly working on that relationship with money yeah. and the, and the understanding of it. And, you know, one thing I've got people in my business that want to join my business and, and do you know, what, what it is that I'm doing and in the insurance space, one of my businesses. And just the, the sheer fact that some of them 
and all, you know, all of us, if it's important enough to you, you will, you will find a way, Yep. you know, and that's one thing when it comes to money, so many people just sit here and think, oh, you know, that'll, that'll never happen to me. You're right. Or I'll never be able to do that. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I could never buy a Ferrari. You're right. What it is that we believe and what we desire and what we're like, you know, what? I don't, I don't know right now, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I'm going to figure it out. And I think that's been a big thing you've touched on without even saying the words you desired to understand, you desired to create, you desired to have, you desired to enjoy, and you've figured out, you're still figuring out and it's growing and, and expanding into more. Yeah. This is why I want to have these conversations is because it's not talked about. You know, you touched on it, you know, within re religions and stuff. There's just this negativity. It's so curious to me why there's such a bad rap there's about such having a, bad rap. a ton of money. Yeah, we've taken... Bibles aren't printed for free, bro. Like, yeah. you need to have resource if you're going to do good work. Yeah. So why would you want to live the life of a pauper? N nothing's free. Yeah. Nothing's <laughs> free. Nothing. Not even going to church, man. They charge 10%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to be true, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> According to what they say, for sure. Yeah, yeah 10%. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Um so I just, I just want to put this plug out there for all of you listeners. If you truly desire, like you'll find a way. And if you want to find the way quicker, find people that have figured it out and learn from them in whatever form or fashion that may be, whether you hang out with them, whether you listen to their stuff, you know, there's so many opportunities and ways to do all that nowadays, but that's been my biggest desire is to know, to learn and to grow and I put myself in situations like I can honestly say one of the, some of the scariest things I've ever done, which was joining some of these coaching groups that I've been a part of paying those monthly fees, hiring coaches, you know, those things put me in rooms and positions and opportunities that have created and built what I've wanted and put me in positions to continue. You know, Bryce, I met you in a warehouse. Yep. There was a, a little, they call it lines then fly in, you know, 40, 50 people get together and talk business. And I was in that space of where like, man, I need to start a YouTube channel or podcast. So I'm like, I want to start sharing my message and things that are important to me. I want to start learning that space. And you stood up and introduced yourself and I like locked on. I'm like, I need, I need to meet that guy. And the next break, dude, I was like a freaking fly on a freaking cow crap, man. I was like right next to you. You're talking to somebody else. Are you telling like, me I'm cow crap? Because that's kind of how that could be interpreted, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. But I was just like, I was there and I just introduced myself and I knew you had value that I wanted. And that transaction happened and, and yeah. look where it led to today, you know? So, well, I'm grateful that you took action on that because I've also gotten a lot out of my experiences of working with you and and watching you go through your growth and things, it's been really, uh, really cool and, and gratifying to see you become, you know, this kind of a juggernaut of a business owner. And the growth of your insurance business has been very notable. And you're you're on your way to some really, really cool things that I'm going to be your big, biggest cheerleader on. So I appreciate cool. that. I appreciate that. Well, Bryce, if people want to follow you, connect with you, where's the best place? So just on my socials, uh, it's usually my name on Instagram. I'm just Bryce Prescott. TikTok, I'm Bryce Prescott official. Twitter, it's D Bryce Prescott. Uh, I'm really not on on uh, uh, Facebook that much. And but more importantly, I think just uh, 
I would love if, if anybody got anything out of this, if you'd be willing to give my podcast a listen, it's called Media Automated, where self-improvement meets business excellence. And it's a podcast specifically for business owners that uh, need help both with mindset and making sure that they're doing the strategies and practical, uh, practically applying success-based principles in their business as well. Uh, I'm really proud of that show. We've got a YouTube channel there. So if you were to go to um, any of my socials and click on that link or just my website, mediaautomated.com, you can uh, find the podcast and find anything about my business there as well. Sweet. Just another thing, you guys, Bryce also does stand-up comedy. So if you'd like Very to be entertained. True. Dude, so. I did. Do you know who the Red Suit Realtor is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did stand-up for his VIP event uh, on this bus tour thing that he just Oh, yeah, that wasn't with. that long ago. No, it was last week. Yeah. It was on Thursday night. And it was the funniest thing because I had to follow, you know, the, the Sarah Foley, the gal in the wheelchair? Oh, yeah. She, like, was up there telling her story of triumph and her accident and everything, and it was, like, a really somber, emotional thing. And then I had to get up and, like... You were next. Tell jokes. But I did it. I turned the room. It was freaking great. <laughs> and I had those dudes rolling. It was it was no holds barred, man. You know, that's time. one of the best parts. If any of you guys are, like, really thinking, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to Bryce and uh, start a podcast... While you're going through the coaching, you will be laughing at the same time. <laughs> like there were so many times of like, what the freak, where'd that come from? You know? So it was, it was a good time. Well, I guess so, I should warn people too. Like my content is a combination of all that stuff. Like I yeah. crack jokes and I'm irreverent and all that, but, but there's soul to it. I, I learned a long time ago that I didn't want to compartmentalize who I am for the sake of my business. And if somebody like doesn't want to do business with me because I told a dick joke on Instagram, like we weren't a match anyway. Yeah, you know? it ain't going to work, man. Yeah. But yeah, I, I try to keep it light and friendly and fun because there's so much, yeah. there's actually so much power in laughter as a learning technique. Like you remember things better when you're laughing about them. So. Yeah. I mean, one of the programs both in you I've, and I have been a part of in the one of the videos, the guy says, he's like, dude, if you're in a complete negativity state, just start laughing. Like yeah. forcefully make yourself laugh and it'll change your state. So there's... There's a lot of good stuff to laughing. Heck yeah, dude. So way right good. On. So, okay, you guys, Bryce, thank you very much. I appreciate you being on this. I'm sh guarantee it will not be the last time. Um, Whatever you want, man. I'd be glad to be I a have, part of this. I have a goal to hold an event, and I definitely want you there speaking at it, being a part of those things. So really appreciate your value and uh, the growth you've invited me into. Thanks, man. Um, it's, it's been very beneficial. This was a very good conversation, exactly where I wanted to go and appreciate it big time. You bet. I'd be glad to speak at your event. That'd be fun. Heck yeah. Okay, you guys, have a great day and be the real you.